Hey, it's Rowan Drake, and you're listening to my episode of Pop Nerd Lounge. Welcome to Pop Nerd Lounge, the show where we share the stories of creatives to inspire fellow creatives. I'm your host, Steph Pham. Today's singer-songwriter Rowan Drake joins us. Rowan Drake has been making waves in the music industry with his debut EP, Dear Ella, recently released on Art House Records slash Atlantic Records. This intimate collection of songs serves as a personal letter to a past relationship, allowing us to witness Rowan's journey of self-discovery amidst significant life changes. With over 30 million global streams, 5 million TikTok likes, and more than 1.6 million YouTube views, Rowan Drake has proven to be an artist who resonates deeply with audiences worldwide. His unique approach to pop music combines introspective lyrics with forward-thinking sonic aesthetic, resulting in a hypnotic and immersive sound that captivates listeners. In today's episode, we'll delve into Rowan's artistic journey, exploring the inspirations behind his music, his creative process, and the profound stories behind the songs on Dear Ella. Get ready for a compelling conversation filled with authenticity, vulnerability, and artistic passion as we uncover the depths of Rowan Drake's musical artistry. So without further ado, let's welcome Rowan to the show. Welcome to Pop Nerd Lounge. My guest today is Rowan Drake. Rowan, thank you so much for joining me. Yes, thank you for having me. Can you tell us where your musical story begins? Gosh, it would have to be 19 years ago when I was born, I would say, which is coming up in three days will be my 20th birthday. So I guess more like 20 years, which is crazy. But I think I was born just into a family of music lovers. My parents weren't musicians, but they were definitely just music connoisseurs and lovers. My mom would follow around a band called The Grateful Dead. And my dad just, you know, had a love of learning very basic amounts of every instrument possible from a banjo to a piano to a guitar. So I think I just kind of grew up in a household where music was was very supported and very appreciated. And it was never really a question of whether I was singing a song or being sung a song or trying to write little jingles here and there. It was just always always a big part of my life. So I think, you know, that was the very, very early roots and it didn't come back into my life in a serious way until much later, but it definitely laid its foundation from from the time I was born. First of all, happy early birthday to you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and then second of all, I want to ask, you mentioned that you grew up in this music-loving household, which I, I admire that because that's how I grew up as well. My Both my parents really enjoyed music. Growing up in that kind of household, did, you, did that encourage you to pursue music? I think so. I think... There was a festival that I've been going to every single year. I went to the first one when I was about four weeks old. It's it's right in my hometown. It's called Grassroots Festival of Music and Dance. And I think definitely just growing up in this town and seeing people performing from all over the world and coming to our town to play was was a big decider in in kind of allowing me to believe I could do it. I, I, it wasn't my intention to be a musician for the first probably 16 years of my life. But I would say that, you know, I never thought it was impossible to be so. You mentioned that music came back into your life at a later period. And before that, you were snowboarding and an experience put a halt to your snowboarding career. Did you take that as a universal sign to lean into music or did that happen gradually? 
Yeah, I think it was very much just a product of once the snowboarding chapter of my life kind of took a back seat or I guess more completely left my life, at least in the way I had known it, which was wanting to take it to the highest level being, you know, the Olympics or something like that. I think I just was very lost and I needed something to pour myself into and definitely the closest and most constant thing in my life was music. So it was a pretty it was a pretty immediate choice I think to start diving into music. It probably was still around 2 years before I really made the commitment to myself and the world around me to to kind of make it my life, but it definitely very quickly became the biggest part of my my day-to-day after snowboarding. You moved to LA by yourself at a young age. What helped you navigate such a big life-changing move? Because I know that for a lot of people, you know, it, it helps to know somebody when you're going to LA or a big city like that. What helped you navigate that big life experience? A good question. I mean, I have a million things about myself that I wish were different and that I would change, but I will give myself props that and I'll give my parents props that just, you know, believing that I can do something and taking kind of the leap of faith so to speak has never once been a big challenge for me and it's always just felt very instinctual. So I think the LA move was no different. You know, I'd already left home once at that point at like around 14 for snowboarding and so I knew what it felt like to move away from family and even though LA was kind of, you know, unsupervised and a very different situation it still just fe- felt so natural and it felt like the only right choice so I, i it's strange i wish wish i knew exactly what guides me but i just i have a lot of faith in the the world around me and a lot of faith in myself and i think those two things just allowed for a a pretty easy decision i think once i got there a lot of stress and anxiety came but at least leading up to it i i felt very good and rooted in my decision Now before you moved to LA, did you already have the decision in mind that you wanted to pursue music full time? Yeah, that was a product of, you know, me and me and my best friend from back home. We kind of we started making a lot of music in in high school and releasing it and we really quickly just hit a ceiling here and we very much just started to scheme about how to get how to get there because, you know, when the first place your mind goes usually when you think of music or acting is Hollywood and so that was no different for us and we we just felt that that was the place we needed to be um so it was definitely for music. Now you are a signed artist. Tell me about that journey because it happens differently for everybody. Talk to me about that journey and how has that experience been making music for you now now that you're a, a signed artist? Yeah, that was that it's coming up on the 15th which I think is maybe even tomorrow or something. I will be a year since I signed, which is amazing. It's been such a short time and it feels it feels like at least to me, but I think that process really came, you know, we live in a world now where to be signed for the most part you have to already have built a large following or have, you know, good engagement on TikTok and different platforms like that, but I I kind of had the privilege of meeting somebody at the label whose name is Kara who just I had nothing going on. I mean, I was getting like 10 likes on my videos and the music wasn't even there in my opinion. The look definitely wasn't there, but she kind of just saw something and I think we really connected on a on a human level and she brought me into the into the label to meet more people and I just 
I really fell in love with a lot of the people and I fell in love that they seemed so open to just allow me to discover who I am in my own time with them and with their resources. So I've had an incredible experience and, you know, it definitely adds its own challenges and I wouldn't say it's for everybody in today's today's world. It's not like it was in the 60s and 70s where you had to be signed to a label to succeed, I think, but it definitely has been beneficial for me and it's allowed me to really just focus on my music and therefore focus on living my life as a, you know, as a person and as a human and just discovering how to how to create about that life I'm living. So I've had a, an amazing experience. I want to talk about your songwriting and your creative process. I was intrigued to learn that you write in stairwells, parking garages, and other places with unique acoustics. How do those surroundings affect your songwriting? Yeah, I think it's it's honestly, I think it originally rooted from just an insecurity in my own voice. You know, I when when I was in a place like a parking garage or a stairwell that had all this natural reverb, it just made my voice sound more appealing to me. And so I kind of gravitated to places where I felt more confident in my own voice. And there's just like a feeling of hearing, you know, all of these parts of my voice that I wouldn't hear if it weren't for the fact that they just carry out for so long. And there was just, you know, it's just such a cool place to kind of be alone. And I love, I just sit there with my guitar and sometimes I just play guitar, sometimes I just sing. And it just always has seemed to bring out so much in me whenever I go to a space like that or somewhere that has these natural acoustics. And it's been amazing discovering other artists back in the day who kind of did similar things. I think there's just every person has places that they might not even know it, but they will just bring out kind of the best in you and kind of allow you to just open up to yourself. And so that that's kind of what gravitated me towards those spaces. Having created more and like wrote, continue to work on your craft, has that built more confidence in not only your performance, but your, your songwriting as well? Yeah, it's, you know, it's a, it's a very long process. And I think I, I, it's, it's somewhat reassuring to hear that even, you know, the most renowned and respected creatives are still, you know, terrified in lots of ways and still insecure. And it, it's just, you know, it's, it's hard. It's never exactly what you want it to be. And you never feel, I, at least I never feel good enough. And I've definitely gained a lot more confidence and I've grown to, to understand what I love and to really value my, my choices creatively. But I wouldn't say I'm anywhere near a place where I could just, where I could say that I'm, I'm, you know, confident in everything I do. But I do think I understand, I understand myself a lot more in the writing process and the singing process. And I understand what works well for me more than I did even a year ago. There are some intense topics in your songwriting. For example, Hey Little Sister. Is that being transparent and open, terrifying or liberating? I mean, it's, for me, it's never, you know, all of the music I create, I very much have a person in mind that I'm trying to communicate with, you know, for Dear Ella, the project, it was for Ella and for Hey Little Sister, it was for my little sister named Ren. And, you know, I think when you're trying to communicate with someone that you know, it would be a disservice to say anything other than the truth. You know, it's, you're not going to communicate with them by saying, kind of shrouding the truth. And so I very much just try to say what I need to say. And, you know, the thought does cross my mind that I'm letting other people into my life, but I just, I know how I listen to music and I know how I attach other people's songs to my own experiences. So I just imagine that people will do the same thing. And I think, so it's not really terrifying. It's, it's, 
it's definitely it's definitely freeing and more so i'm terrified about what that one person will think like i honestly i'm i don't i don't fear for what the world will think but it's like i fear that my little sister or my mom will hear that song and feel you know not properly communicated with and that's so you know after i have conversations with them before releasing the song and after releasing the song a lot of that fear is alleviated and i feel much better in the process hey nerds thank you for sticking around with us we hope you're enjoying the episodes so far we're always looking to improve the show so any and all feedback you can give us is greatly appreciated we're also constantly on the lookout for creatives to feature so if you think you'd be perfect or know someone we should speak to let us know we can be reached over on our contact page at popnerdlounge.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy the rest of the episode. I want to talk about your EP, Dear Ella. Tell me about the process of piecing this EP together. Yes, well, it was one of those things where I didn't even know I was creating a project until a few songs were born. And then it kind of just started to become more clear that this was a project very much for Ella and it's it's hard it's like I can't tell our story with nine songs I couldn't tell our story with nine albums so it's very much a very small collection of moments from our relationship and again it's strictly to communicate I created it primarily to communicate with Ella and to just give her something that she can come back on give her a gift that is immortal at least in our lifetimes and will live on and something that just shows that you know all of the pain that we experienced was not forgotten and that i i hear her with the things she says a lot of those songs i write them from my perspective but they're very much from her perspective and it's me kind of trying to show her that i, I understood what she was saying it's a strange way to do it but it, it it's the truth and you know so that project was i started it I started the first song August 1st, 2022, and you know, now it's June 2023, so it hasn't even been a year since I started writing those songs, but it's it's been amazing to see it come out and it's been amazing to just get to experience that with Ella, listen to all the songs with Ella and just talk to her and it's been very very freeing for me and very healing for us. So Did she get to hear any of the body of work before it was released? She did, but she it's she's funny. She really wanted she didn't tell me this then she I, which you know gave me a bit of anxiety but because she never seemed that interested in listening to the songs piece by piece but she kind of explained it to me that she was interested in hearing it all together completed in the same way that you know that's the best way to consume a body of work is in one listening fully through and so you know honestly i really respect the fact i just wish you know she had maybe told me it a little bit clearer but i respect the fact that she didn't listen to all of the songs very intentionally at first when I tried to play them for her, mostly out of excitement for creating the songs, but she waited until she could kind of listen to it fully through. And that was, that was very nice to hear that that was her reasoning. I really love the song Heartbeat. Can you share the sonic inspiration behind the track? Because the Bon Iver influence is really coming through. So I, yeah, I want to hear about the, the track. Yeah, no, I love, I love Bon Iver and I think for me, whenever I listen to his music, you know, it's kind of one of those songs where by the time I get home, if I'm listening to it in the car, I don't even remember driving. Like it just took me into my own world. And so I think with that song, especially in the bridge of it, I just wanted a moment where it would just push you back into your own experiences and kind of take you out of the song completely and just force you to 
disassociate hopefully so i was like well what is the craziest sound i could put in here and i had i had sampled just like on my voice memos when i was in new york city like the sound of a train a subway train coming in to the station and you know screeching on the tracks and so i took we took that me and the the producer a guy named rabbit and we like pitched it up and reversed it and put a bunch of reverb on it and kind of just made this moment where you know that song definitely a lot of people probably would not have put that in there but i just i needed that you know very much so that pony bear influence or something that just took it from being a pop song and gave it some some essence and some just strange quality that most people would not even really realize what was happening but you know would probably come back to listen to so i'm, I'm very proud of of that moment and appreciate the reference was there any moment during the creative process of the EP where you didn't want to budge creatively? Because I, I heard this one term from the duo of, of Ali and AJ where they play what they call a CBA card, which is a can't be argued card. So was there any time in a creative process where you're like, no, this has to make the EP? Oh, definitely. I mean, you know, that's one of the downsides of, you know, being with the label and working with all the other people is that I shouldn't say it's a downside. It's just that we all have our own preferences and, you know, there's just a line to be drawn of, are we pushing the art forward? Or are we just all trying to get our ideas in? And, you know, this project is very close to me. I mean, it's for somebody that I know and I needed certain things to kind of, to stick, to stick on the song. So I think, you know, I, I think the biggest decision that I said is, you know, s traditionally an EP is, five or six songs and i just really said i can't tell this story without having nine which pushes it into kind of this gray zone of well is this an album and it meant a lot to me that it wasn't considered an album and that it was considered an ep so i think that was the biggest creative thing that i kind of said i'm not budging on this and that was that it had nine songs and was considered by you know spotify an ep and so that was kind of one of the one of the times that I really had to put my foot down and I think it paid off. I love how nature is something that you're really passionate about. How, how has songwriting highlighted your focus on environmental action? Well, I would say for me, you know, I grew up, my dad founded like a wilderness survival program. So I grew up just running around the woods and starting fires with bow drills and building shelters. And so it was more just that was my home, you know, that was the backdrop to my life. So I grew to be so, I grew to find, to find calm in nature. I grew to find just so much, so much love for, for the world around me. And I think mostly what it is, is that music to me is just such a beautiful way to build a platform. And if you do it right, I think you have such a, such a powerful voice and you, you know, you see it with artists like Taylor Swift and, you know, these people who can create change with their 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 fan bases and you kind of attract people to you that have similar beliefs to you so my goal is really to just build a platform that i can use to speak kind of into the world things i believe in and you know i think there's just so much so much pain going around in the world right now but in particular i just believe that we are we are destroying such a beautiful planet and there are definitely things that i could do if i had a platform to help you know, mitigate that effect and slow it down, if not reverse it. So the biggest thing is that I just, I really hope to kind of start preaching that at this stage. And then as it grows, really start to make, to make active change. So. 
I really commend you for that because I, I really admire when somebody has a platform to, to use it for a bigger purpose. And yeah, like I said, I admire when people do that. And I appreciate that you wanted to help the environment to make it a place that will last for many generations. So yeah, I just want to commend you and Thanks. applaud you for that. No, well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, Rowan, we're at my last question for you, which this has been such a an easy, chill, and just delightful conversation that I've had with you. So I want to know why are you a creative? I mean, oof, I, you know, I I'm in the belief that everybody is is creative. You know, whether that outlet be culinary and food or whether that be music whether that be fashion whether that be you know literally anything i think everyone is a creative i just think that it's out of necessity it's i have a tendency to just go inward i, I very much live in my head and sometimes i just overflow i i boil over and i need to say things whether that be to myself to the people around me and i don't know why but the easiest way i've always been able to communicate is by taking a step back playing my guitar, singing some melodies and writing a song about it. And so I really just believe that it's, I just, it is, it's out of necessity to not be overwhelmed by life. And I'm so grateful to have found that other people seem to resonate with this and seem to connect with it. I, you know, I obviously want that, but it's, it's a wild feeling to experience, but I don't know, you know, I, I just, I don't think I'm any different from, from anybody else. I just think I've been given the the platform I've been giving the, I've been giving the acceptance by my parents to create. They gave me permission. They said it, it is okay if this is what you want to do. And you know I'm I will not downplay that because so many people are told by the ones closest to them that this is not a this is not a career they can pursue. And being a creative is looked down upon still by many. And I'm just so thankful that 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 was not my part of my story. But uh, so to answer your question, I'm not entirely sure. I think it's just it's out of necessity. Well, Rowan, I've had such a wonderful time speaking with you. I'm going to turn the floor over to you and you can tell our listener where to find you on social media, where they can check your music out and go stream the Dear Ella EP if you haven't already. It's a fantastic EP. I've enjoyed it. So I hope people check it out. Well, yes. And thank you so much again for chatting. And everyone can, you know, you can just find me at rowan.drake on Instagram, Rowan Drake on Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, SoundCloud, etc pretty much anywhere or if you want to hear that specific project it's just dear ella on any streaming service and yeah again just thank you so much for the conversation and i hope you have a good rest of your day special thanks to rowan for being this week's guest if you want to learn more about rowan visit the links in the show notes popner lounge is executively produced by vico and steph Pham. Vico serves as the creative director and Steph Pham is the host and editor. To find out more information about Popner Lounge, visit our website, popnerlounge.com. Thank you for tuning in and we hope you join us next time for another conversation with a fellow creative. I'm your host, Steph Pham. <laughs>